Hi, this is the Idiot's Lantern podcast, and today I'm on my own, and I was going to be joined by Leo, but he didn't seem so keen on doing a podcast episode. Um, But anyway, uh, so today I'll probably be talking about Good Omens, The West Wing, maybe, and The Prestige. So we'll talk about Good Omens without spoilers, and The West Wing without spoilers, and The Prestige without spoilers, and then with spoilers, and I'll put the times in the description for that. So you should check those before you listen to the rest of the podcast, so you can just skip that small area where there are spoilers. But anyway, we can talk about The West Wing first, I guess. Oh, and I'll probably be talking about... This Savage Song, which is a book. Um, So I'll talk about that first, actually. So this is a book by V.E. Schwab. It's about two teenagers who live in this place called V-City, a city called V-City. And basically it's a city where there are monsters who are created by humans. It's not like a genetic... It's not like a... They're not genetically, I don't know, changed or anything. They're not altered humans that are monsters. It's just when humans, in quotes, sin... uh, Sin... When humans, in quotes, have sinned, then then a monster is created and that monster is their monster, basically. So, the whole sinning thing is basically killing killing people. And so, I didn't realise this at first, but now talking about it, it seems like it feels like a really... a a book that actually goes into religion, although it doesn't. It's, It's just in the background. It's always... The characters are always in the foreground and the... The religious stuff is always in the background. And I really enjoyed this. It's a book by V.E. Schwab. Obviously, she's written things like Vicious, Vengeful, A Darker Shade of Magic, and the Shade of Magic series. Uh, What else? The Near Witch. um, And... um, City of Ghosts, I think. And so... A lot of her books are really good. The most the most well-known one is the A Darker Shade of Magic book, which I haven't actually read. I've read most of her other books, and some of her other books are really great. Like, Vicious and Vengeful are incredible. Obviously, I've talked about these before. It was on one of the Idiot Talks episode, or the White Boy Talks a lot, or the Idiot Talks a, a lot or something, I don't know, one of those episodes that are titled So-and-so Talks a Lot. Um, basically, I talk a lot. Um, but it, it's great. It's it's like a Mallory Blackman book because it's from the two perspectives of these two characters, Kate Harker, who is the daughter of the person who runs one half of the city. So there's the V-City is split into two halves. So there's... The Harker side of it, and then there's the Flynn side of it. So it has Kate Harker is on one from one side of the city. She is the daughter of Callum Harker, who rules 
one side of the city and then august flynn who's the um, other protagonist is the son of henry flynn who rules the other side of it so it's 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 really good it's like a mallory blackman book but a lot of mallory blackman's books deal with so it's 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 about kind of class really so these two people uh, it's not really about class it's about divides it's about two people and there's a difference between them and that difference can be seismic or it can be nothing at all it it's certainly as i've said before it's like a mallory blackman book because Mallory Blackman often does that with a lot of her books. Like I recently read uh, Chasing the Stars, which was quite good. Um, and Noughts and Crosses, obviously. But my problem with Mallory Blackman books is they are set in dystopias or utopias or whatever you want to call them. They're either... So I th I'd say that Noughts and Crosses is set in a dystopia definitely but chasing the stars mm, i i'd re i reckon that's set in a utopia actually but this this is certainly a dystopia it it's it's re it's really interesting but what it doesn't have all of mallory blackman's books have love in it the two protagonists often fall in and out of love and maybe one of them dies at the end or something and yeah but this doesn't have any of that and i think that's my problem with the mallory blackman books it's like you this is set in a dystopia these two people need to survive and just get on with their life so why are they falling in love it's just i don't like that i find it gratuitous possibly even though it does raise questions about class or race or anything like that this does do that it has all of schwab's books have friendship and alliances and all of that they never have love in them they have people who fall out of love in the first part of the book and then it has revenge or something along those lines um so it's it's it has friendship in it and that in itself does raise questions about class or race or whatever but it's 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 a great book really it's got some great world building and it's written really well really sharply and you really do care for the characters it, it's a great book and i love pretty much everything she writes uh, especially the Vicious series, uh, because those two books are great. And if she ever does a sequel to them, she probably won't. I don't think there's anywhere she can go with those characters. Then I would read it. But this book, these books, Mallory Blackman's books, often have chapters titled after those characters. It's like um so uh i can't so noughts and crosses will have a chapter titled callum and the next chapter will be titled sephi or something along those lines v schwab does nothing of the sort here it's just every chapter is titled with a roman numeral it's like one two three four etc 
and that's it and then it's split into verses like verse one monster run or something um and she really she's the christopher nolan of books because she just messes with what's normally there with the kind of stereotypes of a book so normally you'd have i don't know normally you'd have it you'd have a book split into parts like part one part two part three part four instead she has it split into verses verse one verse two verse three verse four um she just titles her chapters with numbers and it's 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 really interesting really and in the vicious series she plays with the chronology a lot so each chapter is titled with chapter one and then a date i think because otherwise those those books jump all over the place with the chronology and stuff and that's really interesting and these books they don't have much action in them but she has a way of drip feeding you information so you don't need the action it's like there are always bits of it secrets to be uncovered and that's what makes it really really compelling like i read this book i started it so i'm recording this on sunday I started this book on Friday, I think. It's a really great book. It's Everything she writes is good. It's standard. And then when it's better than standard, it's excellent. It's I'd give it... So I'm, when I review stuff, I think I'm going to start rating things on a scale. Like there's really bad, bad, average, which is not good, not bad is good and then there's fucking brilliant this i'd say is between good or fucking brilliant a lot of her books are bet either between those two or or they are excellent really uh so that's um this savage song also the cover's got a really nice design on it and it opens with all the title page the whatever the the devote whatever the the thank you to this book's for so and so or whatever and then it and then there's a quote a lot of her books start with quotes so vicious started with a quote and so did vengeful this book also starts with a quote i can't remember what the quote is but the quote underneath it says va veil which in itself is incredibly self-referential because she wrote a book about a character called victor vale and the quote is the sort of thing that he would say and i just think that's brilliant the way that only avid readers would actually get that it's like there's probably nobody in this world called victor vale um and it, none of them are probably famous and none of them have quotes that are that memorable it's just it's really interesting and i think christopher paolini also does it as well so he plays with like his book to sleep in a sea of stars has got some he plays with like the contents page it's got some uh, things with like the first letter of each of the tap of the title of each chapters means something and that actually is the name of the part of that book so yeah he, his stuff's interesting as well I, i'd totally check that out as well so also i watched 
I've watched almost two episodes of Good Omens, so I was just watching one because I was waiting for my family to get back from a walk. Then I was going to ask them if I could record a podcast episode with their audio equipment. It's my dad's audio equipment that I use. Um, so, so I've watched a bit of Good Omens. I think it's all right. I think I've been a I've been tolerating more stuff that's not exactly good, but it's not exactly bad. It's average. Really, which is like a three stars or something. God, there's a moth in here. Um, so it's it's funny. I find it really funny. I think it's very silly comedy. I really like that about it. I think it's it does comedy quite well, and it's quite over the top and everything. But then it it never really tries to be serious, and so it's never really interesting. Like I know one of my friends really enjoys uh, Terry Pratchett's books um, and he really gets into the plot of them and it's like I, I read one of his books and I found it was sexist and it was just terrible I found it incredibly dull and I couldn't ever care about the characters and I think they've all of his books have a lot of plot to them his whole Discworld series has a lot of plot to them and they're like comedy books but they have loads of plot and I find that quite jarring but I found Good Omens I thought it was funny it's got Michael Sheen and David Tennant in it obviously it's also got Nina Sasanya uh loads of people um I like it it is i'll keep watching it it's only six episodes i'm not going to binge it obviously um but it's good definitely i it's not necessarily good actually it's average it's not good it's not bad but i'll keep watching it and i hope it does get better i am interested to see where it goes and stuff also what i've been watching i watched the first episode of the west wing yesterday maybe no thursday i think so i'm recording no hang on yeah i think maybe friday i'm not sure sorry there's a moth in my room it keeps on flying around um so i think i watched i i started watching it on one day maybe tuesday and then i finished it on thursday i think it's good i find it the the dialogue's really well written and everything is really well written it's got a really strong script in it and the performances are really good like the delivery on the lines is all great and i found it quite hard to follow because the delivery on the lines is really fast and i told my parents this and they sounded interested mildly um but i also find it quite hard to follow because the the video quality isn't that great and it's uh, and it feels it, it was shot back in the early 2000s late 90s i think um so the vi video quality isn't quite great and neither is the audio quality so it picks up noise from all around so you get people rustling papers and all of that stuff it's very lifelike that's what i find about it but i also find that it kind of stops your focus it it doesn't help to it doesn't help to kind of have the audio less kind of less audio i think just don't don't have as as much background noise um so i thought that was really good um what else good omens west wing 
I was going to talk about The Prestige because I watched this yesterday. It's obviously it's Christopher Nolan's film about two magicians in the Victorian era, I'm guessing, who repeatedly try to outdo each other. As it's a Christopher Nolan film, you can't really spoil much of it. So I'll say that I'll, I liked it. It's definitely good or excellent on my scale, I guess. Um, but I, f I found it was... What Christopher Nolan does is he uses a concept and he uses that concept to make you care or to make you to make you see something interesting or shocking and that's what i felt tenet was definitely lacking often he uses the concept to create a period dra uh, a drama out of it so like inception is a character drama and i thought that was really good memento is very similar to inception and that is a character drama i guess again also it's 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 very twisted obviously and then the prestige is also a character drama i guess and it's it's got great writing it, it stars hugh jackman as uh rupert and gia or danton as he calls himself and christian bale as alfred so-and-so it opens with the ending so you see it and then that basically and then it flashes back and then it doesn't exactly flash back it goes back to the beginning where you see what started the end and then you see everything in the middle and then you see the end and then it goes past the end and so then you see some more of the end really it's it's really interesting and twisted and he does this thing, obviously, of drip feeding you information, feeding you as he just feeds you information. He feeds you enough information to keep it compelling and to keep it interesting. And I think that's really great. I think the two main performances from Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman are great in it. It's also got Scarlett Johansson and somebody piper parabo in it um on the poster it shows hugh jackman and christian bale and scarlett johansson i think i've got a kind of i've got a slight problem with the poster because i think piper parabo should be on the poster in the place of scarlett johansson because piper parabo's character is the character that starts their rivalry basically and what happens with her is really interesting and shocking and horrifying and it's quite yeah it's got death in it and sacrifice and all of that i found it really quite it's 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 and it was shot on a really low budget it's, it was shot on a much lower budget to something like inception but you never feel that. It never feels like a small budget movie. Like the camera doesn't really shake that much. And it's it's it doesn't feel like a small budget movie. And they shot it all on location as normal as Chris Nolan does. I think 
a lot of his film hang on I'll, I'll get into that later so i i really liked it it's it's good and it's twisted as hell and i was on a scout zoom call thing and i was told that the pirates of the caribbean movies are really dark because somebody gets their eyeball ripped out and i think this was a point worth mentioning because i find that violence can either be divisive or it can be gratuitous it's one of the two it's never either of them i think if they're doing that in like a the pirates of the caribbean movies are incredibly wooden and they're like action adventure movies with a ton of comedy and i find i don't i can't see how they'll ever be dark i think dark is like twisted is twisted when like a christopher nolan movie can be dark because he uses the concept to make you care about the characters and to use that and he uses that concept to to kind of create disputes i guess mental uh moral disputes about morality maybe um and that's really interesting i wouldn't say creating disputes about morality is dark i'd say what christopher nolan does with the characters and what he puts the characters through often is dark and i find that people often call like a good person turning to the bad dark or, or just like loads of killing dark and violence dark it's like no violence isn't often dark but violence violence is only ever dark if it's divisive or if you care about the violence that happens if you're shocked if you're horrified that's what makes it dark and i think christopher nolan does that so well in all of his movies he makes all uh, not all of his movies tenet is not one of the movies tenet is one of the movies that i found the moment where somebody throws a body off of a boat and the body cracks against it falls and then it hits the lip of the boat it hits like a, a, a bit jutting out of the boat and it cracks and then it falls into the water i found that quite shocking i find i find sound design quite shocking it's like there's uh, a moment in there's a moment in the haunting of hill house where somebody basically um hangs themselves and i thought you see them fall and then you see them basically hit the end of the rope and you hear the crack of their neck breaking i found that horrifying i think sound design when it's used really well can be really horrifying i think that i think if you just use like ordinary noises and you close and you don't use all these kind of organic noises of like if you drop something it's gonna hit the ground and that's what i felt like there are several scenes in avengers endgame and infinity war i hate to bring them up where people fall off a very high cliff and you see them drop and you never hear the crack of them against the ground i found that jarring because it's not organic it's like nobody can fall silently it's just nobody can fall silently when they've just had the air knocked out of their lungs they're basically dead 
they can't control their fool enough so that they don't make a noise. So like somebody else could control their fool. Somebody else could control the dead body's fool, but that doesn't happen in Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Like in all the Bourne movies, there there are noises when a car hits the ground. It makes a crash. It makes a smashing noise. It's yeah. I find that works really well. In in these Christopher Nolan movies, I find them quite shocking. I find them horrifying, and I guess now would be a good time to get into spoilers of it because there are several scenes that I found shocking. So spoilers now for the Prestige. Um. So it also stars Michael Caine too. So spoilers now for The Prestige. And there's a scene where somebody hangs themselves. This is in The Prestige, not in The Haunting of Hill House. And you don't hear their body drop and their neck snap. But you see them... It basically cuts... They You see them touching a rope and then it cuts to a shot of the body i didn't realize at first that it was a shot of the body and i thought that was really interesting and he do and nolan does this throughout the film he shows you something and then you realize what he's showing you it's like you try to see what he's showing you and often that is that is part of the film it's like the turn the pledge the prestige the pledge is meant to be where where something happens and you're trying to look for how it happened and you can't find it because you're not meant to know and i think that's what christopher nolan does with this film he he shows you something and and you can't quite see what he's showing you and then he shows and then you see so there's the scene where somebody's touching a rope and then it cuts to a shot of the body and and they're in the kind of workshop of uh, alf uh Ru- no alfred who is christian bale's character and um, you see this thing swinging from side to side and there's loads of cages holding birds everywhere and everything and i was like right birds uh, everything and then i saw what was swinging from side to side and it's like oh it's a dead body. Somebody's gone and hung themselves, basically. I found that shocking. And then where there are other bits where he shows you... There's a bit where Christian, you see Christian Bell after a show and he's he basically removes the lid off of this table and there's like a dead, squished bird inside. And I found that quite horrifying because before that the bird disappears into the table. You see him doing the trick where the bird disappears into the table and you see this boy crying and you see his cousin, I think? No, uh, sister. I think she might actually be his cousin. I don't know. You see this boy crying and saying, oh, he's killed the bird, he's killed the bird. Um, And then you see him... And then he pulls out the a, a living bird, and then you see him pulling the dead bird out of the table, and it's like right. It's 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 quite shocking what it does show you. 
and that's Christopher Nolan's way he shows you something and you think oh the bird's not dead it's all just part of the trick and you're like puzzling over how did he do it and then you see how he did it and you see that there's a flap in the table and the bird gets squished down into the table and you're like oh he did kill the bird I found that really interesting also there are there are bits where basically Christian Bale comes to sabotage Christian Bale comes to sabotage Hugh Jackman's show and basically he's wearing like these elaborate disguises and everything and there's like a long shot of him and then you see what you're looking for and then you see the terror it's like oh something's going to happen next what is going to happen and there's also a scene where Hugh Jackman comes to sabotage Christian Bale's show any bit and you see this old gaunt looking guy with a beard a bushy beard and stuff and then it zooms in on his face and you see oh it's Hugh Jackman something's bad is going to happen and what I really liked about this is it shows you Hugh Jackman it basically sh you basically have to infer no so it shows you Hugh Jackman dying at the hands <laughs> of christian bale drowning basically and then you see christian bale going to court and getting sentenced to death because of the murder of hugh jackman this obviously isn't real it's their characters i just it's alfred so-and-so and rupert angier i can't remember alf the alfred's second name so you see hugh jackman die when out when christian bale's just standing there with an axe and he tries to crack the glass open but there is a moment where he just stands there and he just stares and it's like oh he's murdered him and it's like no it's it doesn't there is a or there is another moment where he's told where christian bale's character is told that it is it is inhuman to be so cold and i thought in that particular scene where he, where hugh jackman is dying at the hands of christian bale i thought christian bale is especially cold and then he starts trying to smash the glass open of this glass box that has water in it that hugh jackman is drowning in with an axe and i found that really interesting and it it is really twisted like at one point you think that hugh jackman basically framed christian bale for murder and then you think no that didn't actually happen that was just an accident and christian bale just happened to be there and i think christopher nolan does a good job of showing you stuff uh to make you think one thing and then after something is you're told something completely different he shows you the same thing and it's the same footage but it feels like you're watching a different a different piece of footage because of the context the way he uses context to to make you see things differently is incredible and i just think he's such he is uh, i guess i hate to say it it's 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 i guess it's a cliche that he is a he is a magician as a filmmaker like this film was meant to be just like a 
it's something between the Batman films. <coughs> Pardon me. This film was just meant to be something between the Batman films, but it it it's it's not is it was just meant to be like a small indie film and it's just something completely different. Like I read that afterwards and I was like, "What? I thought he did this before the Batman films and that's what made him do the Batman films and then he did Inception or the other way around." I don't know. Um but no, he did this between the Batman films and it was just meant to be a small indie film and it's it's so much bigger than that and it's so much better than that and it's 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 really interesting. I think it's it's a great movie and I think what he shows you at the beginning I can't quite remember what happens, but he either shows you the beginning and the end, or the end then the beginning something like that. He either shows you the beginning and then the end, or vice versa. Um, but the way he shows you that, the way he shows you that basic, he the way he uses the footage to basically imply that Christian Bale has killed a Hugh Jackman, b Hugh Jackman's wife, played by Piper Parabo. It's really, really interesting. Like, Piper Parabo dies at the beginning of the film. Piper Parabo is the name of the actress. And I thought that was done brilliantly. And then it shows you... And then later in the film, it shows you that he didn't know what not to tie. And it's like... In all of his films... Not in all of his films. In a few of his films, A, Inception, and B, The Prestige, there are... There's the concept of ideas. Like, you can see it here coming through almost. It's like, I have a theory that he was building on this idea of ideas, of uh, planting ideas in people's heads can make people do irrational things. And it's like... So it's in the prestige, like no, it's in it's in the inception, planting ideas in people's heads. That's that is basically the main concept of the film. In this, it's kind of just like a background concept that you'll barely even notice. But I think it's really interesting that you should. I think you should notice it because basically. They, there's like this backroom talk about what not to use to tie Piper Parabo's hands. Like the whole trick is that she's got her hands and legs tied and she's put in a box that's locked shut and she basically has to get out of the box. And they, they're they discussing what not to tie and so they've already put what not to tie but they want to make it more impressive and more interesting but no none of the audience will actually know what not they're tying and Pope Parabo's character is saying no no I can I can slip whatever not they're talking about and then it after all of that it cuts to the the trick when they're doing the trick and so Alfred, Hugh Jackman's character, is tying her legs and uh, uh, Christian Bell's... No, Rupert, Hugh Jackman's character, is tying her legs and Alfred, Christian Bell's character, is tying her hands. And so he ties her hands once and she shakes his he her head at him and then he ties her hands again with a different knot. I'm not a sailor. I don't know my knots. So it's like, I don't know what that knot is. 
and so I don't know which knot he tied in the end. And then she basically drowns and he tries to find out, did he kill her or not? Uh, Alf, no, Rupert tries to find out, did Alfred kill her or not? Basically, it ends up with showing, no, he didn't know what knot he tied. And I think because he pl- the idea was planted into his head of that knot, he ended up tying that knot and then drowning her, inevitably. Not inevitably. In the end, drowning her. Uh, so I think it's a really great film. It's probably not one of Christopher Nolan's best. It's not got as much character in it. I found... I found Inception really upsetting. The twists in that I found shocking and I found them upsetting. And I thought Leonardo DiCaprio's performance in that was really great. But The Prestige, I think it's got it's got great performances in it, but there's no signs of the characters cracking, of the characters unstable, except in the final moments of the film, maybe. And I think it's a great film and it's... I I was going to say something more about it, but I can't really think what to say about it, actually. Hang on, let me just have a think. Sorry, thinking noises, whirring cogs. I don't know, I haven't got anything more to say about it. I think... It's horrifying. Oh, oh, I know what I was going to say. I was going to say that Christian Bale's character, that basically Nolan shows you Christian Bale murdering a Hugh Jackman. Nolan implies that Christian Bale murdered a Hugh Jackman, B, I think I've mentioned this before, B, Piper Parabo. And so that basically sets the scene for the rest of the film. So you think that Christian Bale is the bad guy and you've always got that kind of view. It's the way that he uses chronology to cloud your view is really, really interesting. And I think that was great. But it is shown later in the film that Christian Bale will take what Hugh Jackman has done. And Hugh Jackman doesn't do anything until he tries to basically claim... Basically get revenge on Christian Bale. Um, I thought he shoots him in the hand and then Christian Bale goes to great lengths to sabotage Hugh Jackman's performances. Hugh Jackman pretty much only ever sabotages Christian Bale's performances. And it's like, in some of the scenes, in one scene there is shown that Hugh Jackman... basically has the intention of killing Christian Bale but later he basically hasn't got the intention of that he he doesn't want to kill him but it's a great film and it's got some really A-list members and I think Christian Bale's Christian Bale is Christian Bale's character I've said it before the the way Chris Nolan uses chronology to show Christian Bale as the antagonist is brilliant and i i think but it's shown later in the film how much he doesn't love his wife and so i think that's also really interesting because hugh jackman always has always has his wife involved in the trick it's like hugh jackman 
always has his wife involved in the trick so his wife knows the trick christian bale doesn't have his wife involved in the trick so his wife doesn't know the trick and i think that's the way they have secrets between them between christian bale and rebecca hall who plays christian bale's wife um so i think is it's really great and the way and and the way that it shows piper parabo and hugh jackman both loving the trick because it's their work because it's what they care about the most because they're both obsessed by it well hugh jackman's obviously more obsessed she's like the show girl i hate to use that word but it is kind of true she is just there for showmanship she is just the person who does the trick she is the i guess the person who does the trick but they are the masterminds behind the trick is that and michael kane um so yeah it's it's a great movie but the way that it oh god i just said all of this the way that it shows christian bale not loving the way that it distances christian bale from his wife by him not getting her involved in all of his tricks is really interesting and i thought i thought that it's a really interesting film and it's got an incredible it's got an incredible cast it's got andy circus david bowie and stuff and this was really funny i read on empire that um christian bale told his mum that he was in a film with david bowie and his mum basically i'm par- i'm paraphrasing here basically said oh so you're doing good films now <laughs> i just found that really funny it's because like david bowie's in it it's a good film i think but i guess something like uh is it's quite a serious role as well for david bowie it's nothing like what's it god zoolander zoolander's like a comedy it's 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 an out and out comedy and david bowie turns in up in that i think it's because david bowie is because it's a kind of david bowie sort of role thing it's like the sort of thing that david bowie would be cast in this film this film is nothing like the sort of film that david bowie would be cast in it's like david bowie is an engineer in this who makes machines that can do strange things duplicate people and all of that and i thought that was really really great i just think and it's got david bowie andy circus of all people obviously hugh jackman christian bale and scarlett johansson and stuff i think it's a great movie and it's got some great actors it's it's a great movie for what christopher nolan for what christopher nolan intended to be just a small indie movie between the batman films and i just think that's great so i'll probably stop now and i hope to to be in your ears soon i hope this episode was satisfactory enough i hope you like it all of that i'll be in your ears soon goodbye